0: enter the earth free.
1: Are you receiving my transmission, or am I speaking to myself? Good, welcome to
0: the undisclosed location of nowhere. We broadcast Seeing back with Earthship Radio, excuse me, l Tree presents Earthship Radio, and uh, I've got kind of a really special guest on uh, on board with me today, here in the RV, somebody that I probably have, I don't know, some of the most intellectually stimulating conversations with, and probably have for most of my life in various forms and capacities. Um and it's also the the person who brought me into this world. Say hello to my mother, everybody. Hello. This is Vivian.
1: This is Vivian. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's my mom. And uh, my mom is probably one of the most amazing people ever um, because she's done a lot of stuff in the years that I've known her and probably done a lot more stuff in the years that I haven't known her. But that's what this kind of show is all about. We got to find out about uh, what makes her tick. So... What's there to know about you? What's your what's your basic history? What's a...
1: My basic history?
0: Yeah, your basic history. Where did you come from?
1: Where did I come from? Well, I just... Funny you should ask that. I've been doing a lot of work on that because I am working through a memoir yeah. of the last four years of my parents' life and how I was involved from America with dealing with them, the hospital, national health in England. Mm. And it made me think a lot about who my parents were and why they treated me the way they did. Mm. (laughs) And first off, it seemed very negative. And as I was working through the memoir, I realized that they weren't a lot different to many people, especially their generation. Your memoirs, you mean?
0: No, my parents. Your parents. My parents. The way that they they were treated and behaved and stuff. Yes, yes.
1: And they they, um, decided after they were married that they were going to pursue a career field that was closed to them or had been closed to them, but because of the Second World War and what happened after the Second World War, all kinds of doors opened up And so they decided that they would use the government as a stepping stone into the foreign office and the diplomatic world. And they did that, and they both had that ambition because they both came from similar backgrounds, which was, well, working class. I wouldn't say lower working class, maybe middle working class, Yeah. poor, um, had to work hard, for their money. Not an awful lot of money saved. No pensions to say, you know, to speak of. So they wanted a job and a career that gave them a pension when they retired. So they joined the foreign office. And when I was, oh, 11, we were living in London and they had talked about a posting and a posting was like being sent abroad to work for your government. And it's like a deployment. Similar, Almost I suppose, but not dangerous. An assignment. Yes, yes. You're working with the ambassador, and I. Um, we were excited as well, okay. children.
0: Yeah. So, but you were you were children following your parents around. We were children. Well,
1: you know. Yeah, and while when I, they were doing this. Yeah, when I was when I was eleven, I'd just taken my eleven plus, which meant that I could go to the grammar school, which was just around the corner in in London. In London. And.
0: What's an eleven plus? Uh, see, okay, the nobody here knows who you are and what you are. So you're from London. Mm-hmm. You're from England, clearly, with the accent and everything mm-hmm. like that. And so, what's an eleven plus?
1: An eleven plus is an exam you sit um, when you finished with pri. We call it primary school. It would be up to age eleven, which is what fourth fifth grade. grade fifth fifth grade. grade. Yeah.
0: So like el- elementary school. Before you go into
1: um, yeah elementary school, and then before you go into the middle school. And you take this exam, and it would determine whether or not you went to a good middle school or to the local, what we called comprehensive, which consisted of thousands of kids instead of maybe just hundreds of kids. Right. So anyway, I, I passed my 11 plus. Then we got the posting, and we were going to be moving to the Lebanon.
0: Wow. Um, which is where? I don't really know so where in the that Middle is.
1: East. like it borders Israel. Okay. So it's and it's on the... Mediterranean coast. Okay. Catty to Cyprus. Cyprus is an island and Cyprus is kind of offered an angle from it. Oh wow. And obviously we were going to go with my parents, but it wasn't going to be until October of that year. And the new school year started in September. So I had to go and go to this new school for six weeks hmm. before we toddled off to the Middle East. Hmm. And My mother didn't want to buy me a new uniform for six weeks. (laughs) So I had to go to this secondary school in my primary school uniform.
0: Oh, no. Which
1: after the summer, you can imagine I had grown, which most children do. Yeah, yeah. So I was wearing brown shoes instead of black shoes, and I was wearing navy blue instead of green. But it was
0: just for six weeks?
1: It was just for six weeks. But at 11, that was a long time. Yeah, and I very much. Kids are much mean.
0: Kids are mean at eleven. They'll oh. they'll pick on you for things like that. Especially nowadays. I don't know if it was the same back in the, back in you know the sixties and whatnot. But
1: I don't really remember it being. I don't remember what it was like. I just remember how I felt, and I looked down a lot. I was very shy anyway, so yeah. I wouldn't have answered any teachers' questions or really done very much because I knew it was only going to be for six weeks. Hmm. But we lived just around the corner, and I just often wondered why my mum didn't just keep me home. And just let me just let me pack. Anyway, so we get to Beirut.
0: Keep you home rather than having you go to the school for just six weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's that but that I mean, would be I don't know why
1: she wouldn't didn't that do would that. be the
0: easier choice of, especially on her part, you N- would think.
1: No, because no? then I would have been around.
0: Oh, sure. That's, she that's, she needed to do her own her yeah, own stuff, their yeah, own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So that was my thing. Okay. So we went we went to Beirut and we got there and all the children in the embassy were at boarding school. Hmm. So we weren't, it was just my brother and myself. Oh. And so why, Chris, did, okay. why didn't, okay.
0: Why didn't they just send you to boarding school at that point?
1: No, that, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> just, that was just too easy. It wasn't. Well, I mean, no. but if, you, if, if, if all the other ambassadors, kids and everything were at, at boarding schools and stuff like that, I wonder why they decided to bring you and Vincent along.
1: Because the whole thing was new to them. They okay. had no All right. yeah. idea sure. what that life was like. It was their very first time going okay. and working and in when this, this environment. 1965.
0: Wow. Okay. Goodness. So, but it's very dangerous over there too.
1: Well, it wasn't when we were there. It's really? called. It was called the um, Millionaire's Playground of the Millionaire. Beautiful, beautiful, hmm. beautiful country. That's I have very fond oil. memories of it.
0: I mean, they, we just they've knew got the sea. But they have different, different types of riches and things like that over there than we have here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so I imagine they've got, you know, uh, as wealthy people as, as we do
1: mm-hmm.
0: in America. Mm-hmm.
1: So we were there, Christmas came around, and all the kids that we just heard about came back. Oh, to the Lebanon. To Lebanon. Yeah. For the Christmas holidays, which in England um, lasts for about five weeks. Okay. Four or five weeks.
0: They give you how many weeks off before and after?
1: It's um, it breaks up around about maybe December the eighth or ninth, oh, okay. and it goes through the middle of January sometime.
0: Okay, so, so you
1: know plenty of time. Two to and come a half weeks
0: back. on either side. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So all the wow, children came really back. That's really
0: cool. I mean, but that's a, that's what you did with us when we were when we were schooling and stuff like that. We got off. We, we, I mean, we had a good four weeks off, at least. Oh, know, for Christmas, you get yeah. the whole
1: of December off. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. Start and I back never in wanted first... to go
1: back in January. Well, so. no,
0: but I mean, it <laughs> wasn't much of a, it wasn't much of a, of a difference. We just get up and start doing work instead of getting up and playing, Rugrats or something like that. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> so. So anyway. We saw this other life. We saw all these children that really had this separate life from their parents. They went away to boarding school. Yeah. And so when they left in January, it was my brother and me on our own again, but this time for six whole months because the next round they didn't come home for Easter. Some Ah. children did, but really that wasn't the big thing. Right. They came home again in the summer. And so round about Ash Wednesday-ish time, Shrove Tuesday, um... We started talking about boarding school for my brother and myself. Ah. And by the beginning of summer, we had pretty much committed to saying, okay, we'll go to boarding school. Yeah. And my parents chose my brother's boarding school using one set of criteria and my boarding school using another set of criteria. And it seemed to me that my criteria wow. was <laughs> as deep into the country as we can send well, her g- so we don't have to come visit.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, but I, we've been to your boarding school, and it is is—it is a bit of a drive out there, isn't it? It is.
1: It's Where is it? It's a long way. It's in Buckinghamshire near Bletchley, which is now Milton Keynes. <laughs> um, where's another close place? i sound like made-up
0: names. Ox- <laughs>
1: Oxford? Or, or anyway, it was a long way away. My brother comments now, goodness knows how they found your school, Vivian. It was so far out of the way. Yeah. He went to a really nice school, which oh, I took the girls to, actually, in Crawley, Sussex. The girls being my Malia, sisters, Paris, yeah, Malia. Malia yeah. and Paris. Um, and anyway, he went to that school because my father's boss had sent his children there. Oh. So it was already, a, uh, they already knew of the school, whereas they didn't know anybody that had daughters.
0: <laughs> okay. So I was, say, was so just why didn't they, like it was-, was it an all boys school, I suppose? It was an all boys school and okay. mine was
1: an all girls school. They had no, no
0: real choice yeah. in the matter.
1: No. So yours anyway, a, so I went to, I went- Wait,
0: we, wait, wait, you just said yours was a convent. Yeah,
1: an all girls yeah, school. Yeah,
0: because you had nuns and stuff yeah. like that that were, there were your, your teachers and, and yeah. disciplinarians and yes. chaperones and stuff. Yes. Was Vincent's? Yes,
1: his was a monastery.
0: Monastery, which is monks. the male... Yeah, he had yeah, yeah. yeah. A, he
1: had Benedictine monks.
0: Benedictine monks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, so what was... You say that we had committed by that that summer. So you'd been there almost a full school year, yes? And mm-hmm. then you said you'd committed to going to boarding school mm-hmm. that summer. So was it your choice or was it your parents' choice? And as a family, you, you had committed. I mean, was it... Did you enjoy being there? Did you enjoy being in Lebanon and, mm-hmm. and seeing these... these mm-hmm exotic lands mm-hmm. that were totally different from the mm-hmm. hills of London?
1: Yes, but we were torn because There are no we hills in London, very, are there? There aren't any hills in London. Yeah. Well, there are some hills, yeah.
0: That's what homeschooling gets me.
1: Anyway. Just kidding. We, um, no, we, we had a lot of peer pressure, I suppose, from the children, from the other embassy children, who um, made it seem as though being away at boarding school was the thing the to do. The bees knees, yeah. Yeah. So we were drawn that way my parents really didn't have any idea what the situation was going to be like. And I very much got the impression that they wanted us out of the way Yeah. so that they could carry on with their lives with their friends who didn't have, weren't encumbered by children yeah. during the school year. Hmm. So we were sent, we were shipped off in December, in September. My mother came with us to settle us in Yeah. and literally... I I had to go back for. I went back to school first. My brother went second. Yeah. So she literally had somebody, a friend of hers, drive to my school, and at the front door, she turned around and left. She didn't even come in. She wanted to use the toilet, and I said to her, "Ask a nun. You know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's a loo somewhere around." Yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't do that, and she just left me. Oh no. And so she never, ever, ever saw the inside of my school, my dormitory, nothing. How many years were you there? I was there for seven years.
0: And she never, not once? Mm-mm. What about Neither your dad? of my parents. No. No. Wow.
1: No. So anyway, so I'm Gosh. left, I'm left and I... Wait a
0: minute, wait a minute. That's just so opposite from the way that you raised us. Because well? you, I mean, there's not a place on this earth that I've probably stepped foot in that you've not seen at some point. I mean, with any regularity, you know, work or any of my offices or anything like that, you've come up and seen them all in places I've lived, except for North Carolina, but dad was there. So, I mean, you guys, that's such a, I, it's, hmm, it's, I guess, is that, did that affect you? Did that, Is that, was it a conscious choice then to change, to do things the exact opposite with us?
1: I would say- Because of something like it that? It wasn't conscious. It was more of the way I felt about- how I was raised, and how I always thought that the way I was raised was completely different to anybody else, that no other family was like ours. You
0: consciously thought this? Yes. When you were growing up? Yes. We
1: we had a little dog that was a vicious little dog. Named? Carl. (laughs) Okay. He was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. Carl. Carl. It just
0: sounds like a grumpy old dog with a hang tooth or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, just a gruff thing.
1: And I believed that no other dog was vicious. I mean, it, it didn't make me think that all dogs were mean just because my dog was mean. Do you see what I mean? It did? No. It didn't? So it didn't make me think that just because my parents didn't want to come visit me that no other parents didn't want to do that.
0: You you I, were very aware.
1: Yes. I I kind of rose above that, I suppose, at a very young age. Yeah. At 11, I was left when I was 12 I was 12 now that I was going to boarding school. I was left very much to f- manipulate and be responsible for my own happiness Yeah. at 12, which I think for a child, that's very young. Yes. And it's asking too much of a child. Wow. And, you know, that, that was just that. And so of course, mm. going home for our holidays, both my brother and I, there was a distance. We, we, Grew apart from my parents. There was a detachment. Well, how far I away? Think.
0: How far away is is Beck, Buckinghamshire? Buckinghamshire. How far away is Buckinghamshire from where did Vincent go? He
1: went to school in Sussex. Well, okay. I never went to his school. Well. No, I mean I was <laughs> never taken to his school, and he never came two to my school. Two sides to that coin. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. But where? But like, how far? How far of a distance? Uh, drive time wise? Oh, I guess. two
1: or three hours, I suppose.
0: Okay. Okay. So I mean, that'd be like uh, College Station. Yeah you know, from Dallas to College Station where Simon went to school, that that kind of a distance. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, goodness. Yeah. And you never... Hmm, interesting. I mean, Mm -hmm. yes, you would. You would grow apart because I noticed that I grew grew apart from everybody when I went to school and Mm -hmm. Simon did his own thing when he went to school and Malia and Paris did their own things whenever they went to their various cruise ships and all that kind of stuff. when
1: that happened, though, did your parents call you, stay in touch with you, send you parcels.
0: I don't know. We should should ask my mother. Maybe we should. I should ask her. Um, Yeah. I mean, all the time. It's, that's the, because a couple years ago, you went and moved to England for 13 months. And then again, the next year did it again for another nine months or something like that. And everybody kept saying, goodness, it must be so difficult for you. And, you know, the family gone and all that kind of stuff and all that. And I kept thinking it, it was such a, a foreign concept to me for it to be difficult to be doing this just because of how frequently we did chat and Skype and text and all those kinds of things. So I think par- probably because of technology, it was a lot easier for us to keep in touch, no matter how big the, of, a, of a distance there was between us all. Um, and I think that that Definitely helped, uh, you know, over the past few years of, of keeping us close. We didn't have that when I was in college and when Simon was in college. You know, text messaging was, uh, I mean, not new, but it was something that was still new to us and not everybody did it and it wasn't as convenient and whatnot. But ever since you and dad started texting, you got your iPhones a, year, a few years ago and started texting, It the whole family texts each other now and we share photos and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's never been a real effort for us to keep. Close, it seems. Uh, at least now, as an adult family, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, right. kind of, you yeah. know. So. Uh,
1: no, my parents didn't call. They wrote us letters. Every week, they'd write a letter. Was it they, in the same
0: kind them. of envelope that they used to send? They always used to send that same
1: white like envelope with mail. red
0: and white stripes on the air on mail. the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that what that is? Airmail.
1: Or they'd have those airmail forms that you'd write on it and then fold it up.
0: And it is an envelope.
1: And it would be limited. You could only write or type yeah. so much on there.
0: But then you would you would fold it up, write mm-hmm. the address, and then put a stamp on it like it's mm-hmm. an envelope, and you just open right? Mm-hmm. I think I remember getting a few of those.
1: Yeah, yeah that was it. But and,
0: So going back for Christmas, you said, for holidays and yeah, stuff. So was we kind of weird. Yeah,
1: and my brother and I sometimes would manage to get on the same plane if our schools broke up round about the same time, which they usually did.
0: So what would you then do? you drive to London and, and hop I'd on a plane to, at... Yeah. Gatwick or wherever it was.
1: Yeah, I'd go to the airport and Vincent would either be there
0: yeah,
1: or my aunt, if he'd be staying with my aunt, would be... um,
0: Who? Which aunt?
1: um, My aunt Nell. Oh, yeah. Great Auntie Ellen.
0: Great Auntie Ellen. Um,
1: She would bring him and then we would fly together. And we would always say, how long... Is it going to take before Daddy gets angry with us?
0: <laughs> <laughs> for for just anything? For just like for just anything? You know, get just, irritated just, with you us, know, you know? Oh, I can't believe you set that down without a coaster or something yeah. like that.
1: Haven't seen you <laughs> in three months or haven't seen you in six months. How long? We used to have this little. Why is your hair spa so long? Going? You know? Yeah.
0: Would you? Oh, okay. Goodness. And so
1: we'd get in the car.
0: Did you ever win any money? No. No, you were
1: <laughs> <laughs> We'd get in the car, and. My brother and I would be talking ten to the dozen, and my father would turn around and just tell us to be quiet, for goodness' sake.
0: No, okay. So this is in Lebanon. So I mean, this is on the
1: way home. We haven't even yeah, got home yet. Yeah, we're yeah. in the car, and is he's it, already losing his temper. Goodness, with
0: us. goodness. Now, right. so I mean, I've never been over into the Middle East, and I imagine now the airport situation's probably ten times worse than it was back then, just like it is everywhere. But mm-hmm. I mean, was it a was it a big hassle to 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 make that trip every? however often you made it, every holiday or whatever?
1: Um, We had aunties on the planes because we were underage. Oh. So we were unaccompanied minors traveling. Okay, yeah. And so we'd have somebody assigned to us. An extra member of staff would have to be on the plane. A chaperone, the I suppose, yeah. 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 And so however many children there were on the plane, it would determine however many extra chaperones there would have oh, to be. Oh, sure,
0: because there would be a bunch of you, I
1: guess. Sometimes there would yeah, be. But we yeah, all yeah. kind of broke up around about the same time. Yeah, so exactly. So there'd be a lot of them, and maybe from other schools, too, going out to Beirut, hmm. you know, from France yeah. Or yeah.
0: wherever. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What's how? What's the direction? How would you go? How would you? How would how you? How would we fly? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I suppose east.
0: Because you would think from England t- you could go to France. No.
1: Yeah, but we never stopped. First we just got a direct flight, so I suppose it depends. There yeah. may not have been any direct flights from certain from, countries yeah, in Europe, okay. so they'd have to come into Heathrow. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, um,
1: Heathrow. okay. Heathrow it would be.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then we just fly, and it would take four hours, four and a half hours. Oh, okay. Flight.
0: You know, it's a how how. Three thousand miles. I flight think. from 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 Dallas to here to Los Angeles is two and a half three. It was two fifty two thousand and fifty. okay. so yeah, about That's just it. under just under three hours. Mm-hmm. so yeah, okay. That's not a terrible flight. At That's least it not, wasn't it was, an eight to ten hour flight.
1: No, no. you
0: know, that would have been pretty pretty rough, I imagine. Yeah. especially on a child by yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, and you yeah. said you were there for seven years. At, at the school. boarding school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So making that trip every every holiday?
1: Well, we did to Beirut for the five years that we were there. Well, four years that we were there while I was at school, because after five years, my yeah. parents came back. And then Iran was the other country that we lived in while So I was they at went school. to Beirut
0: and then came back and then went to Iran. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they were doing the same thing over there.
1: Yeah.
0: Goodness. And so you were older then. You were
1: 15. I was Sixteen or seventeen and eighteen, and then I left school and went to college. Yeah. And then was only allowed one trip.
0: home. A year. Yeah. By. Who are you? Who are you? The you embassy, say allow- I suppose.
1: The government, the foreign oh. office, whatever. They would pay for well, cause trips. Well, because Iran backwards, was. Backwards and
0: forwards. Wasn't Iran tense back in the day?
1: Yeah, but it I mean, had it's to do tense with now. my age.
0: Yeah. Oh, still at sixteen, seventeen.
1: At eight. Once I reached eighteen, uh-huh. they only brought me back. I was only allowed one free flight.
0: Oh, it was a free flight. Your parents didn't have to pay for you to fly you back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because
1: they're working with the foreign office, and their children had to go into boarding schools because the education system wasn't so good in those countries. Unless they wanted to homeschool, which they could have done. They could have homeschooled. They could have. They they could have homeschooling.
0: Goodness. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow.
1: And, you know, finding out, I, I saw some photographs and finding out that they would cruise during their leaves. They would get a leave after a couple of years. Your parents would. Yeah, and so they would cruise through the Mediterranean, end up in France, and then they'd drive up into London and spend like three months visiting family and stuff. And I saw photographs of them visiting my brother at his school.
0: Oh no. And it was my mother
1: and the two of them would stand in front of his clock tower on his school grounds and he would get older and older and older. So I knew that they would go visit him and they never there's oh, no photographs gosh. of them. They never came and visited no me. Way. You're all right, Vivian, with that, aren't you? You don't, you know. And anyway, <laughs> when I when I left, I school, guess I have to be. I have no choice. Oh. No, but when I left, my mom said, "Thank you so much for never insisting that we came to any of your functions." Oh, she said that too.
0: Thank you for thank you for not caring that we didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not. But you know what? I, as a grandchild, I think Granny and Grandpa did a. Did a a good enough job whenever they were around and whenever we were there. I mean,
1: out of sight, out of mind. Then. I
0: guess. I mean, I guess it was like that because when we were really little, we didn't really have an, uh, a a perception of of how we were. You know how they reacted to us. As we got older, I could see a little bit of the. You know, it's a it's a big ordeal to have a family of six come visit oh, with yeah. with the young children yeah, and all that yeah, kind it of was, stuff. It was. You know, but but over time, I mean, I don't know. I I think that it's it's great that we never had to had to feel like that growing up.
1: Well, it was also very much, um, it, it made me never demand that anybody do anything for me unless they really wanted to do it. Sure. You know, so I would never have said to my parents, please, please, please come to the operetta. I'm dancing in it this year. I have this role because I knew they didn't want to come. So I would never put them in a position where they felt obliged to come. Hmm. And I think I've carried that through my life. I've never asked anybody to do anything yeah. unless I've sensed that they might really want to do it. And then, I mean, like I was writing this memoir, and I said I'm sending it out, and you said, "Oh, I'd like to read that." And I thought, well, I would never ask you. I'd never put that on you. Well, but if you've asked, since you've asked, then I'll send you one. You yeah, know, yeah. unless somebody asks to read something or to yeah. be a part of what I'm doing, I'm quite happy just to do it on my own.
0: And over time, though, that that I don't know. Uh, I would get the sense that maybe if if I didn't offer, you wouldn't just because you might not want it read by certain people or something like that. Because you know, as 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 much of an assumption as it is for you to think, well, people don't really want to do this unless mm-hmm. they ask to do it. Other people think, well, she wouldn't really. She would want us to read it if she asked us to read it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a it's kind of a I don't know. It's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic to try and have because you don't want to put people out, but at the same time, sometimes people are necessary to some of these things like the creative process. You mm-hmm. need people to read and tell you if what you're doing is is working mm-hmm. or not working, and that's just a Absolutely. You know, it's, it's something you have to kind of train yourself to to get over from time to time, I think. That was a car accident. I think that You was. guys definitely just well, heard we,
1: that. Why don't you look out of the window? Well, yeah, we're so going did... to... Hold on a sec. <laughs> that was a pretty bad one, it sounded like. Did you see anything?
0: No, I don't know. just because of these hedges and stuff right here. Mm. But, it, I mean, that sounded pretty bad. People are out there. Well, there's nothing we can do about it. No. Except just going rubberneck.
1: Okay, so that pretty much made me who I am. That's I like to do things sort of that no, nobody no, no, does. No, no, no,
0: no, no, that, Well, yes, uh, that's what I was going to say. Okay, so so what part of all of what, uh, what you just described, you're kind of growing up in childhood, like... W- what? Where, at what point did you decide to start finding these things that, that you enjoyed doing and happy and, and, like, and, and kind of what kind of stuff were they? Because well, I know you used to race speedboats. I did That's that. kind of a legendary thing that you, <laughs> you mention and kind of sprinkle out there every once in a while, but I've never really heard much detail into how you even got into speedboats and what you did and all that kind of stuff. So when did you first start doing things that were an actual passion of yours?
1: Well... When I was 12, I suppose.
0: When you were 12?
1: But I didn't start speedboat racing. I wanted to to take ballet.
0: You were in the middle of, you were landlocked, weren't you?
1: Yeah, and I I did ballet and I did theater and I really enjoyed doing that. And those were offered at your school? They were offered at my school, but they weren't ever anything that my parents wanted me to go anywhere near. They wanted me to, in the foreign office, following daddy's footsteps and, you know. You? Yes, or be a doctor, but they never sent me to the right school to do that. And so I developed that artistic side of me, even though I wasn't considered artistic, but I could do it in a different way. And then when I left school, I went to London University because my parents told me that I had to finish my education, which included three years to get a degree. At college, yeah. And then after that, I was on my own. Mm. Now, a lot of people say, that's the best thing their parents ever said to them. You know, that's the end. Now you're on your own, you move forward on your own. Yeah, yeah. the only thing for me was that they had actually said, now you're on your own. Did it at 12 years old. I was already on my own yeah. from 12. So there was no difference as far as I could see, hmm. um, except maybe I had to find somebody to financially support me, which was oh, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I ended up in Guernsey? And I Where's had a Guernsey? really good friend. Guernsey is a Channel Island off the coast of France. It's off the coast of Britain, but it's closer to France. But it is a British island.
0: It is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Gurren is a British island. Yeah,
1: and I met um, somebody, um, a, a... girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awful. Well no, I met <laughs> well I mean yeah. I met my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um Pamela and she had a hotel and I was in catering business. I I did a um a summer like a summer restaurant. Mm. Seasonal it's all seasonal there. Yeah. Being in island we just went there. Yeah. People yeah. just went there during the summer. Well it's
0: like there there are a few people I've known that have spent a, a year or two or three or six or whatever in Hawaii, which is kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, they it was island living
1: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. whatnot. So yeah. okay and she wanted to become part of the powerboat racing crowd. She decided that she couldn't <laughs> sail a boat and didn't have that much money to buy a sailing boat. Well, wow. So she bought a powerboat, and the two of us teamed in this powerboat. When is this? This was, well, I suppose 19... Uh, when did I finish school? In 72... 75, so 1975, 76.
0: So you're 22, 23 years yeah, old?
1: Yeah, young.
0: Okay, okay. Strong. Yeah, didn't well, know any,
1: Didn't know any better. Sure. Just wanted excitement. Well. And um, so we did. We raced, and all of the other powerboat racers were guys. Oh. It was all a very male sure. group. Yeah. And we were the only all female nice. team. Nice. And so, up.
0: okay, so you're racing powerboats.
1: Big powerboat.
0: How long? Uh, like how big are It was
1: 32 big foot phantom wow yeah and we had 2,000 horsepower in the back
0: okay so you've got a, an outboard board. engine mm-hmm. an outboard engine in the back and then your cockpit or wherever it is is, is
1: small space that we sit in like the in rest the, of it is boat
0: yeah the first like five feet of mm-hmm. the back of the boat or like what mm-hmm. you're what mm-hmm. you're in and driving and mm-hmm. stuff like that and the then you've got all in
1: 28 practice.
0: feet ahead, ahead of you mm-hmm. holy cow and how fast could you go i don't know you don't, you
1: never knew? You never. Very fast. About 70 miles an hour. I guess, wow. On water. We really I mean, that's fast. tough. Yeah. And it was, t- it was terrible. It was were they frightening calm? every minute.
0: No? The, the water no, wasn't calm? No,
1: because we, we would do it in a harbor at okay. high tide. Yeah. And there'd be maybe 30 boats racing.
0: And, and, but it's, it's. An, an organized race, ready, it's set, an go. An organized race, like a, like an event, like yeah. Simon goes to rock climbing competitions. Yeah, and
1: they're all different horsepowers, so we would go. All and,
0: racing against each other.
1: Well, that would be the free for all, I suppose. Anybody was allowed in, but yeah. we we raced with our group, I suppose. Of, yeah, of your, high power within a, within the horsepower, like fifteen hundreds to or whatever. Yeah, okay. And um.
0: And category twenty five hundred what CCs. Yeah, eight horsepower. I know nothing I about, know know nothing about engines or anything like that. i do not want to say it
1: because I'm probably going to be wrong. I just know it was fast and powerful. But anyway, you'd go around in these circles, but they were big circles that you would do. Sure. At 70 miles an hour on water, I'd say after. And be. as all of these, as you're going, there's a lot of waves, turbulence being created. Wake. Yeah, naturally, or well not naturally, but unnaturally by the boats, but maybe naturally by the waves that are coming in yeah, anyway. Absolutely. And so um it was it was we just bump 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 all the time it was no no smooth racing it wow. was just the most frightening experience i have ever had in my life and every time i got in the boat it was just as bad as the first time
0: but i mean petrified frightening or
1: it was really frightening
0: was it exciting at all
1: i suppose it was exhilarating
0: i mean did you did you get out of the boat and just jump up and down with like uh what's the word what's the
1: i don't know adrenaline the, yeah I an suppose. adrenaline rush yeah. mm-hmm. were you and guys then, any good um, yeah, we would come in first or second. Would and, you? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we, were, we were good. We'd have all the, uh, however many laps, 20 laps or whatever, and I'd have oh. little bits of sticky tape all in front of me and I'd just rip one off as we went past the,
0: of course you would. whatever
1: the thing was, <laughs> that, that was my job. Uh, <laughs> Pam's job was driving the damn thing.
0: So were you like the navigator? Yeah,
1: not, well, you didn't have to navigate The co-pilot was or whatever? Circles,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I kept, you know, when the bilge started to get a bit full, I'd have to pump that. Well, now what's out. that? The water, when you'd get water coming in.
0: Spilling into yeah, the to boat, and it would the, all go
1: down to the front, and then yeah. you'd have to get
0: it. Oh, and then it, you just pump have pump to pump it out, it out while, you're, while you're running, yeah. while you're going. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about speedboats. Mm-hmm. My only experience in boats has been uh, very negative. Three, of, uh, three times I've ever been in, in some sort of boat on the water, like a personal size boat, they've all gone under. It's all been horrible. Yeah. That's my experience. Mm-hmm. I uh, I tipped over a canoe. And then Calvin flipped us over in the boat that one time. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure there's a third one there at some point. But, yeah, boats have not been my friend.
1: Yeah, we flipped the boat, finally, after several years. Wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, I was going to ask, how long did you do this?
1: Quite a few years, maybe three or four years.
0: You lived in Guernsey that whole time? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Lived in Guernsey for five years, five or six
0: years. Power boat racing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And so then then what did you do? Then where did you... Like because you you ended after up Guernsey, in London after Guernsey. We ended
1: up after Guernsey. I went back to London. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my parents were there finally, yeah. finally finished They'd with come their back from life, and yeah. these, they were living in London in their house in London.
0: Had they retired? Not yet. Oh, no. so but they were still they were still working for the same mm-hmm. the same. And my mother was working that. at that point. With oh,
1: them. yeah, she hadn't worked up until then. My mother worked like for ten years.
0: Was she just a housewife?
1: Before that, yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, just, just kind of the... She was the housewife. That's yeah. what they were in those yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the astronaut wives from mm-hmm. the 60s in America. They yeah. were just professional wives mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so she mm-hmm. was working by this point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you came back... My brother
1: were... was at university. Still? Yeah. Oh, yes. well,
0: but he's younger than you.
1: He's a couple of years younger than me. Okay. He's, he did four years instead of three, I think. Okay. And um, then I met your father... Yes, because I worked. Because while I was in Guernsey during the winter, I got bored because we didn't have the restaurant.
0: And you couldn't go powerboat racing? No,
1: (laughs) not during the winter. So I went. Oh, it must have been so cold. It was. Keep going. So I went and worked for Godfrey Davis, which was called Godfrey Davis. It was a navy blue uniform. I always remember the color of the uniforms. Nice. And then we were bought out by Europe Car and it became a bright orange uniform.
0: Ooh. Kind of gaudy.
1: Yeah. And I think I was in the bright orange when we were still in Guernsey. Okay. And then when I, and I only did it seasonally. Once the, once the restaurant opened up, I would stop doing that yeah, yeah. and go and work in the restaurant. So when I came back to London, I just applied for a job at a Godfrey Davis or a Europe car now Yeah. in Victoria and, you know, sort of said, well, I worked in Guernsey
0: Yeah.
1: and they gave me, and I got a job really quickly and, and really easily.
0: What was, what was it that you were doing for them?
1: Just renting cars
0: out. Oh, yeah. 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 So, this is this is that company.
1: Yeah. Okay. And um, that's where I met your father. Oh, yeah. And that story is history. That right? is, it is the history. I love it You can story. check that
0: story out on the Social Homeschooler. You sure can. New, awesome, yeah. exciting podcast.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you, you mentioned you flipped the boat. Yeah, flipped the boat. Let's hear about this. Let's hear about you flipping the boat.
1: I don't know why I can't remember an awful lot about any of that because I suppose the adrenaline was rushing so hard while we were racing. Yeah, exactly. But we did. We went. There was just way too much wake. I think it was one of the one of the races where the other all horsepowers could race. Okay. And so there was a slower boat coming past us, and his wake was just hitting us constantly. Wow. And so we got out of his way and managed to do another lap, and we came in very close to the wall, the sea wall there in the harbour. Yeah. And there was a massive wave, just it hit the wall and then bam.
0: Oh, the it just came right back at you oh, and goodness. turned us
1: over. And oh no, the trick it. I'm mean, going got like 70 miles an on. hour here. Yeah. And, and you're worried about other propellers in the water because the other boats are still coming past oh, you. Oh, I guess so. They can't just stop. They can just stop.
0: But, yeah. Now, is it, a, is it a, an open canopy? Yeah. Okay. So so it, you yeah. weren't, I don't know why I figured you it might be having enclosure, but yeah, okay. So you're just what flying out of the boat?
1: Yeah. Oh, no. And I bobbed straight up. But yeah. my friend was trapped underneath. Oh, no. But luckily, she was in the uh, compartment place, you know. Yeah. So there was a little pocket of air. Of air. She and just, she managed to get herself oh, out. Oh, gosh. But, um, gosh, they had to bring... We never... I think they righted it, but the boat was a write-off.
0: Oh, was it? of course, it had just... Got, I mean, yeah. Dude, so water much water load, damage yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. was that the last time you raced? Mm-hmm. Was it?
1: Mm-hmm. But and no, it was kind of like, thank goodness, because I never ever like to stop doing something just because i decide oh i'm going to stop doing it, it. I, there has to be a reason oh. and then yeah. i go oh thank goodness you know i really wanted to quit anyway but now the boat's flipped wow. so that's my excuse well you and that it.
0: you know what that you 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 did that same thing growing up everything we ever did gymnastics you, we stuck with until you guys uh, until something happened. Until until a conversation happened that you guys were like, "No, that's we're not doing this anymore." You you just kind of ousted mm-hmm. us or or gave us the excuse to leave or whatever. And you did the same thing with theater, which it kind of uh, I don't know that at least carried over into my life in that I I'll, I'll very rarely ever just leave something that I'm doing unless it it's either uh, just completely. Completely yeah. the opposite of what I want to be doing all of a sudden, or somebody else has to let me go because of it, or, you know, circumstances get taken out of my hands, but I've always been one to, to yeah, stick with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not
1: a quitter. You know, if well, I... Well, no,
0: you had no choice. You couldn't just quit boarding school at 12 years old. No. You had to learn very early on to figure to that out. So I think
1: that experience has completely colored no. my life. Yeah, absolutely. everything that I do. Hmm. So...
0: Interesting. Okay. So then that's, that takes you up till about when dad comes in and I know this, and I know this story. Yeah. You kind of, you met him and, and what was his, I don't know, what was the immediate draw to
1: to dad? I didn't have an immediate draw to your father. Really? He was just another American among all the Americans that we were 12 hours. I used to work 12, four 12 hour shifts and then get four Mm. days off. Wow. Yeah, it was fabulous. That's cool. yeah. Fantastic shift. <laughs> that's but, great. Uh, I mean, 12, four 12 hour is 48 hour week. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, we worked 60 hour weeks on Dallas. I mean, mm-hmm. the 12 hour shift, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a 12 hour shift. I don't know why. Yeah. Anyways, yeah.
1: And uh, so, I mean, our lobby was full from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night with American tourists wanting cars because they'd all come in at Victoria Station because uh. the, the um, buses would come from Heathrow. Yeah. To Victoria. Yeah. And then they'd get off and they'd have their ha- car rented, booked. Yeah. And they'd come down to the, um, to the car place. Interesting. And so, you know, it, I really took no notice. They were just...
0: Hmm. Okay. So, he, so did you recognize him when he came back in? What happened? What happened? What happened with all that? He, entry, he, he rented a car and, I mean, there was nothing that stood out about him. Well, a Hawaiian shirt. He had a Hawaiian shirt on. Mm-hmm. Does he still have that Hawaiian shirt? I don't know. Really? Mm, probably not. <laughs> do you know which? Do you remember what it would look like?
1: No, it was just a Hawaiian shirt. You know, I keep wears, picturing. I, I can remember looking at him, thinking, "Who wears a Hawaiian shirt in London?"
0: He always wears Hawaiian shirts everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised he didn't wear a Hawaiian shirt underneath his jacket to the Magic Castle yesterday. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my dad always wears, he always wears these Hawaiian shirts and so does Simon. for a long time, I, I wore some for a while and quickly decided that I didn't want to be as loud and, and <laughs> you know, draw that much attention to myself. But my brother still wears them. Simon still wears them all over the place and, mm-hmm. and everything. And dad still wears them all the time. Mm-hmm. He's always very, com- but they're very comfortable shirts. They are. Um.
1: Yeah, no, he came back two weeks later and kind of asked around whether or not I was available, single. Interesting. And uh, then called me from a phone box around the corner and asked if I would go out.
0: He called you at home?
1: No, at the office.
0: Instead of just talking to you in person at the office, he decided to go around the corner to a telephone booth and call you?
1: Yeah, he (laughs) he, he came to clean the car, to get the car cleaned. He'd had it 2 weeks, yeah, and decided it because it was a really nice BMW that I'd rented him. But he
0: was out there he was out there with Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. He was out there they were doing some sort of record. And mm-hmm. so he had a car I for what? For
1: well, just for him? Was, yeah, for him it was and his the, car. the crew, I think, him and three to, others. To like drop, drive people well, the from band, the hotel. Him and the band. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no somebody else drove the car. I don't think he even drove the car. Hmm.
0: So what was his what was his position with them at the time? Was he a tour, tour manager? manager? Okay, yeah. so he was okay. Yeah. And how old was he? he? Was 30. 34 33
1: it was 1983
0: so yeah 83. he was 33 mm-hmm. so and so he came in to get the car cleaned
1: not to me though he right. was just kind of like in the garage area but you were there i was there at the desk luckily and
0: but he was just down a couple people or no 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 he was in a totally different department
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just to get the car washed so he didn't even have to come come to the front counter and stuff mm. i see and then he just didn't he just didn't walk around the side of the building, no, and he just drove come in.
1: around to the mail.
0: <laughs> okay, and then, I mean, uh, ask me out. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that 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 doesn't really very frequently happen. That's kind mm-hmm. of a that's kind of a mm-hmm. romance, storybook kind of type of <gasps>
1: thing. And so they afterwards, after your father and I got married, we went back and visited all my friends there. Did you? And they said, "Oh, we fight for the counter, for the front counter now,
0: because of your story."
1: <laughs> that so might you're be famous. Mr. That
0: you're famous. Mr. Wow. That's, yeah. So okay. So what did he say? What did he? What did he? How did he get you to go out with him?
1: He just asked me if I wanted to go out to dinner.
0: That's it. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't use his his. Charm or He may have sent me
1: flowers or something. Did he? He sent me flowers after we went to dinner. Afterwards? Yeah. Like the next, the next day, day or something
0: day. like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Where did you go?
1: We went to Uncle Chow's. Mr. Chow's
0: Mr. Chow's. Mr. Chow's. So Asian food. Yeah.
1: Chinese. Chinese.
0: Food. Chinese food. Fancy Chinese food. My parents and their Chinese food. Mm-hmm. That's our that's our Christmas Eve tradition mm-hmm. at our house was always Chinese food.
1: And that's where we went for our after we got married. We went there for dinner.
0: Mr. Chow, that was your... your, your uh,
1: After wedding. <laughs>
0: reception dinner?
1: Yeah. With my, it was just <laughs> my parents Chow's. and my brother, I think. There yeah. we were only three because we got married in London right there at the registry office. Yeah, yeah. Went to see Romancing the Stone.
0: Right. Yeah. With um, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Wow. So now that you've had four kids and a family and, you know, 28 years of 29 years of, of a life is six of us now. And it's just the two of you. It's just you and dad having, having, you know, mom and dad adventures, Larry and Vivian adventures. Um, how have things changed? How have you changed? Because for the, for the longest time when we were growing up, you were very much what you've just been describing, the relying on yourself to, to make sure that the things were happening that needed to happen and, and, you know, things to make you happy in terms of, you know, theater and seeing all of us kids and everything you had to make sure that we, we, that you orchestrated all of this because nobody else was going to do it for you. So now that it is just the two of you and all you have to worry about is the two of you, like how, how has that affected you? How has that changed your whole outlook and the way you do things on a day-to-day basis? I don't know, I mean... We're
1: really, um, your father and I have always been up in the air about anything that we just did. We that would, you
0: just did? Yeah,
1: the, the two of us just did, like going out to dinner, just the two of us. We would not decide on where we were going to go until we were in the car driving, yeah. and we were still batting back and forth, oh, let's go to that Mexican restaurant, oh no, I fancy Italian, oh no, oh, there's that nice little French restaurant just down the road, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And so we never really knew where we were going to dinner. We could never leave our baby, well, if we had to leave our babysitter a phone number or yeah. some place that we went yeah. which we didn't do that very often anyway right um no, th- no such thing as cell phones so we would right. have to make a decision at that yeah. point yeah but when we when we were just going out we didn't really have to worry about letting the babysitter know where we were yeah it was always like that so it's very much the same kind of thing and we actually have to i have to consciously say okay let's make a plan hmm. otherwise everything would be in the up in the air. Who wants? See, I don't want to live my life up in the air, but we do live our lives up in the air very much up in the air. But it's
0: I mean it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's frustrating for people that that want to know what the next step is, what, you know, what am I doing next and what am I doing later today and what am I doing tomorrow and all that kind of stuff. It's a very difficult thing to let go of that nature. You know, especially as me. I mean, that's something that I struggle with a lot. And that's because I saw you do it for well, such a long time. Well, we had to do it with four children. Oh. You had a responsibility to do it. would have been a nightmare it. if I had done
1: that. But um, as just the two of us, I think my natural leaning is towards up in the air. Really? Whatever happens, hmm. happens. We'll just watch it well, happen. Yeah. And I think your father, I found, is a little more uptight
0: Interesting.
1: Um, Whereas I'm very much, I'm very much laid more.
0: Well, you are more of a, of a, it's going to happen. So all the better thing for me to do rather than trying to control it is to try and control my reaction to it and work with it. Exactly. Which you're right. Dad seems to get a little bit flustered when something doesn't go his way. And it, 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 it does seem to throw him off quite a bit, which I've, I see that in Simon and i see the 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 other side of it no i don't i actually see that a lot in me as well and it's something i've i've had to to work on over the past couple of years which i've you know before we came to film uh, to to record this here we were just talking about it up at the 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 house you're staying at the host of the house craig what's his last name huxley, huxley. craig huxley um the nice guy, he's, he's done a lot of stuff in the industry, especially music wise and everything. And he just had this desire to, to talk to me. And so invited me out to the patio and we sat and chatted for 45 minutes or something like that. When we were only supposed to be there 10 minutes, 15 minutes while you changed and showered and we were going to come record. But I, uh, I just let it happen. I just let, let the conversation kind of dictate when we left and all that kind of stuff. And I think it, I think it all works out for the best. It's how it's how we were successful in making the atrium because we were so reliant on other people to do their jobs and do the things that we needed them to do that we couldn't, we couldn't let it throw us into upheaval if something didn't get done because then the whole production, we realized very quickly that once we started to get other people involved, like our actors and crew members and stuff like that, that we had people that needed us to be in control, not necessarily control at all, but just be in control of the set no matter what happened. Cause we had that, the, like the rain on the last day, there was nothing we could do about it. And we had to shoot. We had to shoot these last scenes and everything. So Shelby and I, we took control and we controlled our reactions to everything and, and what we were doing. So I imagine a lot of that was going on behind the scenes when we were growing up because we never knew. I don't think any of us children actually knew, you know, the toughness that you guys probably went through growing while we were growing up because you had a big family all told. I mean, what's the, what's the typical American household, two parents and 2.3 kids or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, you definitely had more than, more than your fair share of a family. Mm -hmm. And yet, I mean, we never, we never felt as if we went without. Mm -hmm. We found, we found like you did when you were 12 years old, we found our happiness and everything that we possibly could. And we, 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 we did our own thing and it was, it was wonderful. That was a, a great way for us to grow up in the flexibility of, of how life just kind of comes at you and you have to kind of work around it, like you said.
1: Yeah, no, I was going to say something else, but I can't remember what I was going to say about, the, about going with the flow um, and it had to do with you growing up, but I can't exactly remember Theater. what I was going to say. Um,
0: Throws dad into upheaval.
1: Um, just, I don't
0: know. Well, you, you, you did a really good job of, of controlling, not controlling, but being the figurehead, both in the family as a homeschool teacher and parent. And then it was, we grew up doing the theater. Um, you started to stage manage and literally became the figurehead of the, the production from, you Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. After a certain point, you know, it all fell onto your shoulders, and you did such a great job of that, and that's why I'm—I don't know. Ultimately, that's why I'm a producer today. Mm -hmm. It's because I saw you do it, and I know that I can do it. If I've, you know, because everything you've done, you've always encouraged us to remember that we can do them. We can do anything we want to do. It's just about getting over the the fear of having never done it before. you,
1: You have to view everything as an experience. It is as an added thing to your life. You know, um, as part of your life, why not live your life fully Hmm. um, and take as much opportunity to do things out of the ordinary as you possibly can. Like finding Airbnb. We had a hotel here before we came to California to visit you. Yeah. And I thought, oh, there has to be another way. And I remember some friends in Florida who we just finished house-sitting for, had mentioned Airbnb and I'd actually written it into my phone. And, you know, we are staying at this place that's half the price of a hotel Mm. and it's very quiet and we're just us on our own most of the time. Yeah. And it's an alternative. And I like looking for alternatives. Yeah. That's what I like to do.
0: We've always done that. Yes.
1: I don't like to be told this is what... As soon as somebody tells me you have to do this, then I will start to look for alternatives. Yeah. Because I don't like being told never have been. Yeah. Being told what to do. I never liked being told what to do. No. Because I think ultimately, when I was sent to boarding school, I was told yeah, there was no escape for me.
0: Right, exactly. And Especially so, at 12 years old. No.
1: And so I found ways to escape, you know, in my head or rebelling. I mean, I really didn't rebel.
0: I was going to ask if there were any. Well, you know, we did. Moments we, of used to, we
1: used to walk after lunch, a group of us, three or four of us, would walk out of the front school gates down the driveway and go under a bridge. There was a little bridge, a little weir, a little, little stream going like on. A,
0: like a Billy Goats Gruff yeah, type of yeah. footbridge?
1: and there was a big tree that overhung it that we called the fairy tree. Who knows why? But in the <laughs> summer, we'd sit on one of the long boughs, but in the winter, we'd go underneath the bridge Oh, wow. and we'd smoke oh. a cigarette.
0: Between how many of you?
1: Four of us. <laughs> okay. And it would be wood binds or something. You could buy them in packs of ten. What is that? Wood binds.
0: Is that a brand? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. A terribly rough cigarette but cheap. <laughs> it sounds like cheap. it sounds like somebody took a bunch of wood shavings and rolled them into a piece of paper. Pretty much what they you were. Know? yeah.
1: And so one of those so a packet of ten would last us oh a couple oh. of weeks, two or three weeks maybe. Because okay. we wouldn't do it every day. Yeah. Because yeah. we couldn't get out of school every day. Maybe we'd have games. How old were you? Um by the time we were allowed to go, actually out of the school gates, maybe fifteen or sixteen, I suppose. Okay.
0: Okay. So you were allowed to be going out and doing. It's not like you had to sneak out. The sneaking no, was. I
1: did sneaking out as well. Where you were and what yeah. you were
0: doing. Oh, okay, got it.
1: I would sneak out on every week. We were supposedly allowed to go into Buckingham, which is the town, when we were sixteen, seventeen years old. As
0: in the sheriff. Buckingham. No, the that's Nottingham. Town. Excuse me. Yeah. Buckingham. I was going to say the sheriff of Nottingham, but we were or allowed the sheriff to do of, that. Yeah.
1: And the nuns the bitter, nuns bitter people they were
0: They were catholic nuns bitter roman women. catholic nuns yeah. yeah ooh
1: they would put a sign like, up with like with the like, habits and yeah.
0: like full blown covered up everything kind yeah. of ooh yeah. goodness
1: they would put a sign up on our bulletin board yeah the the older girls that would say due to unforeseen circumstances <sighs> no one is allowed into buckingham this weekend well that day, that Saturday, like and Harry that would Potter. be like at ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and we'd be all have geared up the whole week. Yeah, because we were only allowed in every other week anyway. Okay, and so if we weren't allowed in that week, that would be four weeks
0: oh, would have gone before we were allowed wow. into the town. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so I used to go blow that,
0: and you just sneak and out we'd and go it in the middle of the day.
1: Yeah, it was a Saturday. There wasn't I really anything so. going on in the school. We'd have yeah. lessons in the mornings. And maybe I'd have ballet have to, in the... Yes, hmm. we had school in the mornings.
0: On weekends? On the
1: weekend, on huh. Saturdays. And then I'd have ballet in the evening, but yeah. there was the whole afternoon. Yeah, yeah. So my friend and I would sneak out and we'd catch the bus at the end of the road. And it's go like Hogsmeade Buckingham.
0: for Harry Potter. They would, you know, go into the, the town down the road. Yeah. And Interesting. And
1: then we'd come back and I'd we'd literally have to get in through a side door or a window that somebody had left open for us. Yeah. And once I got in it was kinda of like shoo.
0: Did you ever get caught? No. Not once? Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. Close calls?
1: I suppose there must have been lots of close calls. I seem to remember
0: I seem to remember a story of, of nuns coming into your that. Your oh dormitory that was something room, completely something different. Like I was that. accused
1: of doing something that I hadn't done. Oh
0: okay. Okay. I had boys on the roof. What was this? Oh, did you? <laughs>
1: Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Were there boys on the roof? There were boys on the roof, but they weren't yours. Nothing to do with me. Oh wow, no, you were they just a, didn't you were know just them, in but bed. They
1: assumed that because I was a rebel. Uh. <laughs> they were they they knew me.
0: That's oh, funny. Me. That's I mean, because you don't you don't necessarily strike me as that type, but but no. Oh, my
1: it, actions! I am a rebel. I knowing your personality,
0: yeah. it, it, it it's 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 the same as okay. So when I first moved to California, all of my stuff got stolen right out from under me in the first 12 hours I was here. U-Haul, my entire belongings, all my possessions gone. And it wasn't until a week later that somebody taught, was talking to me about it and mentioned it as a traumatic experience, which I, I mean, sure. Yes, it was. It was a, as a dictionary definition, it was probably a traumatizing experience, but I never viewed it as such. So yes, you, your actions, the way that you decided, well, blow all this, I'm going to do what i need to do the way that i think it needs to be done when we were growing up homeschooling and stage managing and all that kind of stuff rebellious actions yes but not with a rebellious attitude so i'd never really considered you know you as
1: ne- the person that the would law. get branded as yeah. the rebel yeah. you know
0: especially in school like yeah I guess. and i
1: would never break the law because yeah. i think that's very important i would never do anything that was actually legally wrong mm. and i didn't think that sneaking out of school was le- there was nothing legally wrong with that. There's My no parents laws lived that say you have three thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. The nuns could could discipline me as much as they wanted to, which they did, because they didn't have how did they discipline angry you? angry parents. Well, I got gated or grounded. What is gated? The same as what you call grounded. Oh, I wasn't oh, allowed oh, oh, out oh. the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, but I mean that didn't stop me either.
0: Did you ever get caned? No. Did they not paddled or anything like no. that? They didn't do that to the girls. No. Did Vincent? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure they, he would have.
1: Probably, but he was with Benedictines, and the Benedictines are the most gentle
0: Oh, so monks, maybe not.
1: So he may not have.
0: Maybe he got feathered.
1: Well, they had lay teachers. <laughs> they had teachers that he weren't tickles. Monks. They got yeah. tickles. They
0: tied him down and they tickled his nose and his, his ears or something like that until he couldn't take it anymore.
1: I think he got <laughs> points against him. They, points? They would get, you would get points like against demerit. you. Yeah. And then after a certain number, then maybe you'd go to the headmaster's office. Sure.
0: and Get yourself whipped. Or... Now, we never really did that, though, growing up. I mean, I think the worst... Like, our punishments were... I, not not to say that you treated us like a dog, but that's how you have to discipline a dog. You You... They did something wrong and We'd drop your
1: nose in it, wouldn't
0: we? Yeah, it would be it would be a well you would it would be a a, an instantaneous, you know, usually we'd get a swat with the wooden spoon or something like that, but we knew why why it was. Whereas if you had grounded us for a week, by the second day or third day we would just think this is stupid and unfair and we wouldn't really be thinking about why we were punished. So I I don't necessarily know that that would have been an effective way to 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 discipline us growing up. That's never really your style. I think the the only time I ever got something taken away from me involuntarily like that was, I don't remember what it was. You were trying something new. And again, I don't think it worked all that well. Mm-hmm. I think it was better just the instantaneous. If you're wanting to go do something right now and that's what you're, you did something wrong, tough, tough, tough shit. You're not doing it. And that, you know, those are those instantaneous type of things I think worked better for us growing up and, um, yeah. I don't know how to connect that to what we were talking about.
1: We oh, were talking about um, beep, beep. being rebellious.
0: Being rebellious. That's right. That's right.
1: Being well, and that, uh, and see, So I, I never... raised power boots.
0: You raised power bits. And boats. I
1: went and worked in a restaurant in Guernsey. My parents wanted me to join the foreign office. See, uh,
0: but I didn't do much. I don't know that I did much rebelling when I was growing up, did I?
1: But you might not have had a reason to, because you might have been allowed to do pretty much what you well, wanted sure, to do. sure, exactly. not be told you have to do this and you have to do that. <laughs> Honestly, do I
0: think the most rebellious thing I ever did when I was growing, and I, and I didn't even do it while I was growing up. I at least respected the process of growing up and my parents enough to not do anything until I got older. But, um, you know, smoking is the only thing that I really do that could be considered a rebellious type of thing Especially just given the the uh, the environment we we grew up in and, and the people you, that you helped us surround ourselves with and the the foundation we all grew up in, which even that, I don't I feel like I have such a strong foundation in who I am and morals and and being a good person doing the right thing no matter uh, no matter if if. Somebody says it's the right thing or not. If I feel in my heart that something's not right, it's probably not right, and I do that. But you know, the 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 smoking weed and and anything like that is is never been anything that I felt was was detrimental either to me or to anybody around me. And it wasn't something that I felt was uh, rebellious in the way that I had something to stick it to the man. And so that's what I was going to do. It was just a, another. Another life experience that mm-hmm. was a little unorthodox from my childhood, I suppose. So I mean, I don't know. You told me to be a rebel in the best of ways in that don't let anybody tell you that you can't do or do not have to do something a certain way, especially in the industry that I'm in. I can't let anybody tell me that you can only make a TV show with four million dollars on a budget and blah, blah blah blah. Well, I did it with eight thousand dollars, created the the atrium pilot mm-hmm. and that as a I spoke to Joe yesterday. I said, my creative passion and my blind my blind pursuant of all things creative, writing things, doing podcasts, even if there's nothing going to come of them, I don't send them to anybody I just, just to have them. And as a creative outlet, I get that from dad a lot because he used to sit in front of the TV and, and at nights, you know, just to relax. And he'd write, he'd write his books and Whip to the UK and all the musicals, all those kinds of things. And then the actual follow through and the step one, step two methodology of, of actually getting stuff done all came from you, which is a, like you said, it's a very rebellious type of attitude because you're rebelling against the social norm that everybody tries to get you to conform to. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm it's a non-conform.
1: Not- I'm a non-conformist, but then on the other hand, I've always said that I don't really care what people think of me. That you shouldn't. But you do. I think one does, naturally, that happens because it does bother me if somebody says something outwardly. You know, as long as they don't tell me how they, th- that they think I'm, you know, a bad parent or a, you know, sort of irresponsible something. Yeah. Christian or whatever. Yeah. I think if somebody told me that to my face, it would upset me. But after a couple of days, I'd get over it. Hmm. But I don't, I really don't care my persona going out there. Mm. And usually I trust that people are polite enough and, you know, having, you know, know how to behave yeah, <laughs> socially, yeah. not to come straight out and tell me, oh, you, you know, you're, you're an idiot or whatever. Well, so.
0: but at the same time, I mean, that's, that's what comes from asking people to read your stuff. Maybe that's got something to do with, unless somebody actually asks you to read your, your things. You know because that's a that's a way of avoiding that kind of conflict i suppose Mm -hmm. you know but uh, or rejection rejection i
1: suppose the thing is that as a child i felt rejected yeah and so i don't want to and i have control of that you know over
0: yourself feeling rejected or yeah yeah i sort of
1: have control over that because i don't put myself in a position to be rejected right you know yeah i wait until I'm asked to do something instead of going and saying, can I do that? Unless I really know I can do something like stage managing. Yeah. You know, I could go straight in and say, listen, I can stage manage this. And people might not like me. Well. I went to a place called New Beginnings, which was for battered women. Yes. And I walked in and immediately everybody said, oh... You know, they wanted the the director wanted to meet me, um, all kinds of people wanted to meet me because they wanted me to be their spokesperson. I mean, they hardly knew me. Mm. I was there for about thirty minutes or forty minutes or whatever. And my speaking voice, I suppose, and you know, the English accent. I don't know. (laughs) They love the English accent. Yeah. Anyway, I never heard back from them. Ever. Mm. They were going to send me their training manual. Wow. And they were going to set me up the end of the week. I was going to go out on my first thing with somebody so that I could learn what to do, a function of some sort, a This was a, charity. a few years ago. This was... It was a
0: year ago. It was, yeah, it
1: was... Two years it was. Ago, whenever it was when we left England the first time. Yeah,
0: okay. This was fairly recent. Yes, I do remember this. And it was this. just
1: local, just yeah. there in Garland. Yeah, yeah. Never heard back from them. Emailed them several times and I thought, oh, maybe they've lost my email. But then I realized, no, because they had emailed me back. So they've got my email on record. Yeah, yeah. So I dropped it. A couple of my friends said to me, oh, well, it was never meant to happen. I mean, and I don't like those little platitudes. Well. But anyway. um, And you know what? Over the last six months... They've been emailing me stuff. Have they? Not me personally, but New Beginnings is doing this and New the Beginnings is doing that. Or
0: something like that. So they
1: obviously have my email. I'm obviously on a list somewhere.
0: Hmm.
1: Isn't that the weirdest thing?
0: It is. I, I mean, really wanted
1: to do that. I really wanted to do that outreach and felt that I would be good at doing that.
0: Yeah.
1: But they didn't want me. <laughs>
0: uh, and I, thought, I mean oh, that's it I that is such a but it's it is a very tough thing when an individual Gets gets, I say rejected, but you know gets overlooked by another individual. But
1: it, somebody obviously did not like me. Well, it
0: always makes me wonder what what is coming my way that I have to be
1: Available. open for. Yes, yeah.
0: exactly. I mean, if I had if I had taken that job at Real Effects. This was a few years ago. I got offered a job at Real Effects Creative Studios, which if I had taken, I'd probably still be there now. And I would have been working on this movie, The Book of Life, that just came out. It's getting a lot of press and prestige and everything. It would have been a great thing. But I turned them down. I said no, because in my gut there was something, there was something coming up. There was just I didn't know what it was. And then I want to say a few months later is when I got the call to start working on Dallas. And if I had taken that job with Real Effects, I wouldn't have had that opportunity and I wouldn't be out here now. Mm. So it's that you'd still have all your furniture. I would still have all my furniture. You're (laughs) right. I mean, my life would be 100% different. Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have made the atrium. I wouldn't be doing all this, but you know, I'd still be back in Dallas. I'd still have all my friends and family around and be comfortable and stuff like that. But you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to do that. And it's not because I, it's not because I don't, enjoy it because that's something that, that I also pulled from dad, I think growing up is that he loves to have his family around. He loves people just to be around, even if we're not doing anything just to, just to hang out. Um, which I like a lot, but it's something that I think, I think is in my future, not necessarily in my present, the luxury of being able to pick and choose these people that I want to have around every day and all that kind of stuff, family-wise and all that kind of you know, those kinds of thoughts. And so that's why I came out here because out here is, is where the tools that I need in order to create that life are going to be, you know, given to me and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to fight against my nature in order to, to build a future. For myself in, in what it is that I, I want to do, and just have that courage to, to well, and step if it, out. And
1: if it doesn't work out, if you decide that that's not for you, you know you have the, you have the courage to be able to say,
0: It's not for I lack of just trying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm on. allowed to do well, the that. the thing
1: is, if you don't, st- I, I saw a TED talk mm. given by somebody that I interviewed, and they're called Family on Bikes. Okay. And the couple and their twin boys, yeah. when the twin boys were nine, Rode their bikes from the very tippy top of America, North America, all the way down to whatever the end is. They did they did the Panama, oh, the the Panama Road, whatever oh, that's called, yeah. The south.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, it took them three years.
0: So from Canada, yeah,
1: all from the, way, the tip from top the of down.
0: of Canada, yes. <laughs> North America, not mm-hmm. just U.S. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow,
1: and it took them three years. And he, they were both cyclists. They had on both, they had cycled before wow. in Japan and places like that. Yeah. And at one point, one of the twins was on a tandem with dad. Okay. But one of them felt strong enough so that he would have his own bike and yeah. she had her bike, obviously. And she said she would have, well, I interviewed her and plus I watched her TED talk before I interviewed her. Yeah. She said that she would lie awake in bed thinking, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And she said, you know the what? The
0: riding the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole journey. How the heck
1: am I going to ride all of those miles for three years? So
0: this is before they they started. This is the the thought that she she had. Uh
1: Before she had said yes to her husband that they would do this. (laughs) And she said she decided that if she said no, she would have 100% chance of failure. Yes. And if she said yes, she would have a 50 -50 percent chance of failure. Absolutely. And she said the only way she would know which way it would go would be to get on the bike and start to ride. Yeah. And so she did. Nice. But now she's living in Idaho. Yeah. (laughs) In a little cottage. She makes jewelry. She was making jewelry on the road. Okay. And she said, I don't, I'd be happy if I never got on a bike again. She's done it. It's just that. an
0: experience. Yeah, exactly.
1: But she was able to do it and her TED talk said if you if there's something out there that you are really worried about, oh my gosh, what if I fail? What if I don't make it? She said if you don't do it, you're 100% going to fail. Yeah. But if you get if you if you go out and try it, yeah. Then you've got a 50/50 yeah. chance of succeeding. Yeah. And even if you don't succeed, at least then you know. Yeah. That Heck, that wasn't for me. But if you don't even try, then you go. I wonder if I could have done that. And so, coming to California, mm. you know, well, yeah. Instead of staying in Dallas, thinking, you know, I'm when you're seventy, yeah. oh my gosh, I bet I could have made it if I'd gone to California. It's yeah. like me with my books. i got two books, yeah, and I decided I did not want to look myself in the mirror in ten years' time and go, "Whatever happened to those books?" I Vivian? still have those two did books sitting in my documents. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I decided to finish my memoir. And, oh goodness. Yeah
0: that's, I, I, I can't wait to actually read those and, and see how it's all come together and learn more and more things about you because I don't, I know everything that you've chosen to tell me, but you, I mean, as much as I orchestrate what I tell people and the, the conversations I have with everybody that I have, I know that you guys must've done that in, in your years. I mean, there you're, your parents to these young children and people growing up, and you you want to raise them the right way, and you want to make sure that that are you mean I'm example. hiding things? No, 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 no. But I mean, I never would have I never would have known how you felt about your parents and everything like that, other than you know having a, a conversation with you about it, and then now you know you writing candidly about what it is that you've you've kind of gone through. It's a it's a whole different side that I I'm. Intrigued. I'm intrigued by.
1: But in the end, there's a lot of forgiveness, though, I found yeah. with the book. Because I decided that they, were only, they really were only doing the best mm. they knew how. Yeah. And I hesitate to use that phrase with you. The best you know, they if knew any, how? Well, if, no. If you say to me, why did you do such and such, I would never turn to you and say, I did the best that I right. knew how, yeah. because I didn't like that phrase yeah. from my parents. Yeah. But the truth of it is that we did do the best that we could could do you did at that time you did and i think actually more truthfully mm. should i tell you what a more truthful statement would have been from both my parents and from me yeah. would be we did what worked best for us
0: hmm.
1: you know yeah my parents if they were really honest did what worked best for them yeah however that panned out right and i did what worked best for me yeah. and it happened to be dedicating my whole life yeah. while you were growing up yeah to you.
0: Hmm.
1: I didn't write. And if I did write, I did did it at night.
0: You, you, the writing you tended to do would be in tandem with us. You know, we, we, it would be writing assignments and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And you would typically write your own version of whatever it is just as a, a, an exercise so that you're writing, you're writing. But the reason why we did theater
1: was because I loved doing theater. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it was, this is what I like to do. Come along kids, join me. Yeah. And that's how we did it. So truthfully I did what was best, what worked best for me.
0: And, but you did it with a, you did it after having made the conscious decision to dedicate as whatever family. it was to us and, and as, a, as a family unit, which was, always. and it was, it was always, I don't remember a time where we were ever separated in terms of Simon and Paris are doing soccer practice and Malia and I are at dance class. Like that never happened. It was always, you know, all of us doing theater or all well, of us involved in both the Nutcracker of your father of and year. I
1: have always stopped doing whatever we were doing.
0: In order if to anybody, come help us do Yeah, we if anybody
1: doing. came in and asked us a question or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I ever said go away, I'm busy.
0: No, no. I mean, as we got older, we knew that you needed you needed more of that time to, 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 to get into door, a flow of writing and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a different a different way of handling yeah. it. But we were adults back, you know, at that but point. But I didn't
1: ever say go away. I no. no.
0: No, no. So, you didn't. And neither
1: did your father. And your father was much better at doing that than I was.
0: S- not saying go away?
1: He was always but happy just, to be yeah, interrupted. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he was, he
0: was, and he is. But again, that has to do with the fact that he loves having everybody around.
1: Well, I was always happy to be interrupted, but it would be... It would be a conscious decision for me to say, "Okay, that's the end of my time. Yeah. Five minutes. You know, yeah. now yeah. I need to go and do." It. But that's what I had decided to do—to yeah. dedicate my whole life at that period of time. And then it's—it's it's gone. Yeah. I say to parents, "Do it," because you know, I've got all these years ahead of me. And yeah. I don't have that yeah. one-on-one closeness with the kids anymore. Well, I but, just but, have my husband now. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: in person you don't. Yes. But I mean, I don't know that there's been a day since I've been out here that I haven't texted or sent you a goofy picture or called or something like that. So I'm, I'm happy that the technology is out there now for us to be able to keep in touch and keep as close in as close communication as we possibly can. Um, and that we're using it for those methods as opposed to all the ridiculous, Mm -hmm. you know, meaningless Facebooking that everybody seems to do nowadays. I mean, we we share inside jokes just the same way that we did when we would you know lay on the kitchen floor with dad and just you know sing the blown out underwear song or whatever <laughs> you know I mean just things like that I don't I don't see my life as having changed all that much in terms of my family's dynamic.
1: relationships
0: and I think that's mm-hmm. fantastic I I applaud the the job that you guys did so well mom well thank you thank you for having thank you for coming on the show that was I don't know that was it was awesome to to think about having you on the show and now to actually sit down and and chat with you about it has has been great. I do think that we probably would have hung out back in the day as individuals, young young people and all that Maybe kind of stuff.
1: Maybe if you'd met us at 21 or 22. Well, sure. I think when we were a little bit older, especially as we when we got married and started to have family and yeah. responsibilities, you know, real life hit. Yeah then things started to change. But during my powerboat racing days, my Guernsey days, and yeah. my working in the restaurant business and working around bars and yeah. alcohol and yeah. parties yeah. and all of that stuff.
0: Malia would have had fun.
1: Malia is having fun.
0: <laughs> but I mean, with you.
1: She would have had... Well, she does have fun with me. That's I why know. I miss her. Because I, I like hanging out with her and doing that kind of stuff with her. So
0: My sister is really cool. We'll get her on the show once in a while. Yeah. Malia. But yeah. well... Thank you again for being on the show, Mom.
1: You're welcome, and thank you for allowing me to be your... Twitter at Earthship Radio, or online at entertheelftree.com, or else I will find you. you.